0: Good morning, everyone. You open up your Bibles to the book of First Peter. We are continuing in First Peter, chapter three, verses thirteen through fifteen this morning. Uh, I'll read through verse seventeen so that we can have some more context. But uh, as we continue to go through the book of First Peter, we continue to see. How Peter is seeking to teach us practically how we are to live our lives out as Christians in a world that is often hostile to those who are aliens, those who are exiles according to their new birth in Christ Jesus. And what we see is that so often what we are called to is so contrary and different to what the world tells us to do, that we will come into conflict with the world. And as Pastor Mike referenced in his time with the young disciples, that conflict so often can bring about fear in our hearts. But what we find in our verses this morning is that the way that we overcome the fear of man is by fearing the Lord alone. So if you would look down starting in verse 13 of chapter 3. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? So that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. This is God's holy word for us as people. Let us go to Him now in prayer. Father God, we come to you asking that you, O Lord, would lead us and guide us in truth as we Submit ourselves to Your Word. May we honor Your Word by never again fearing man, but fearing You alone. We pray it in Christ's holy name. Amen. As Pastor Mike was sharing with the young disciples and asked if any of them had a fear, I myself have a confession this morning about a fear that I have. I am afraid of roller coasters. I hate them. Ever since I was a little kid, I just could not stand getting on a roller coaster. This doesn't mean that I've never tried them. I've been on Space Mountain and closed my eyes through the whole thing. I've plummeted five stories down Splash Mountain. I've been zipped around on a handful of other rides. And ride enthusiasts try to convince me that I should enjoy the experience of being strapped down and propelled 60 miles an hour up and down and around and loop-de-loops. But I don't. The whole time I'm terrified. So please don't ask me to chaperone any trips to King's Dominion, okay? (laughs) Now, I know there really isn't anything to be scared about on roller coasters. Because fear isn't logical. Our family had a friend who was terrified of mice. And I don't mean just a little scared. She was terrified. Once I saw what she did when she saw a mouse. There was a mouse that ran by and she literally jumped up onto the kitchen counter. If there were a toddler in the way, I believe she would have pushed the toddler aside to run away from this mouse because her fear made her illogical. Fear does that to us. It makes us act in ways that we know are not right. Maybe you're afraid of something like flying. You know it's the safest way to travel, but you just cannot force yourself to get on a plane. Maybe you're afraid of germs and sickness and it forces you to wash your hands dozens of times every day. You avoid shaking hands. Clorox is a major line item in your monthly budget. People are fearful of all sorts of things. People are fearful of heights, spiders, snakes, public speaking. We're afraid of close spaces. We're afraid of open wide spaces. People are afraid of storms and car accidents. They're afraid of their own thoughts. They're afraid of needles. They're afraid of darkness. There's even a fear of the church that's called ecclesiophobia. And all of these fears... <laughs> Does anybody here suffer with that? I hope not. And all of these fears drive us to act in ways we know are not healthy. In our passage for this morning, the Apostle Peter is addressing a very real fear that often drives Christians to act in ways that are not consistent with what they believe. The fear of man. Look down at the second half of verse 14 of our text. There Peter says... Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. The Christians to whom Peter is writing have endured a little bit of persecution, a little bit of suffering from those who would oppose Christ. And it would be very natural for them to begin to develop a fear of those who would mistreat them. Nevertheless, Peter says, have no fear of them. But rather, he continues in verse 15, In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. You see, fear will trap us. Generally speaking, fear will trap us in illogical behaviors. And specifically, the fear of man will trap Christians from being obedient to his call on their lives from enduring the narrow road of following Christ, from honoring Christ Jesus as Lord. And therefore, what our text is teaching us this morning is that if you would be free from the fear of man, every single one of us, one of us must learn to properly fear the Lord. That is, to be free from the fear of man, we must fear Christ. Now the first thing that we need to have firmly fixed in our minds before we can move forward is the Lordship of Jesus Christ and what that means in relation to our fear of man and our fear of God. Again, in verse 15, we read, you see there, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Holy. The declaration Christ is Lord is at the very center of biblical religion. In this one phrase, we are declaring that the man, Jesus Christ, is the sovereign Lord of creation. That is, Jesus Christ is the one true God and that He is our God. For the title Lord means much more than one who is king or ruler. Rather, the term Lord is the very name of God. In our passage, Peter is alluding to Isaiah chapter 8. Listen for the similarity of words and language here in Isaiah 8. There we read, do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread, but the Lord of hosts, him you shall honor as holy. Who are we to honor as holy according to Isaiah? The Lord of hosts. The God who controls the armies of heaven. The eternal Lord of the universe. The Holy One of Israel. The one true God. Him who is from everlasting to everlasting. Isaiah says, don't fear what the world fears, but honor the Lord of hosts as holy. And now Peter, looking back at this prophecy through the lens of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ says, do not fear what they fear, but honor Christ the Lord as holy. Do you see what he has done? By putting in Christ where Isaiah said the Lord of hosts, he is saying that Jesus Christ is the Lord of hosts. We must have this firmly fixed in our minds. We cannot proceed without understanding this. The man Jesus Christ is the Lord of hosts. The book of Hebrews explains it this way. Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature and He upholds the universe by the word of His power. Jesus Christ is Lord. He upholds the world by the word of His power. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And what a sweet comfort that is to know that Jesus Christ is the Lord. For His Lordship means He controls all things. That He is directing not only the flow of history, but the flow of your daily life. As Psalm 115 says, our God is in the heavens and He does all that He pleases. Who then do we have left to fear? For if Christ Jesus the Lord is for us, who can be against us? For Jesus is currently ruling over all the purposes of this world. What then do you have to fear, Christian? For you are called the Beloved of Christ. You are called His Bride. And the One who loves you is in control of this world. The One who gave His life for you on the cross, who poured out His blood to save you, and who has given to you the gift of His Spirit is the Lord of the hosts of the armies of heaven. Because Christ is Lord, We need never fear man. So then, how are we to live in light of Christ's Lordship? The first thing that we see is that those who proclaim Christ as Lord must pursue zealous obedience to Christ. Look at verse 13. It says, now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? Here, Peter is outlining a general rule when it comes to following Christ as Lord. Over the last several verses, Peter has outlined what it means to be zealous for good. He has shown how all Christians are to live in this world, submitting themselves in humility and loving one another. And generally speaking, if you pursue a life of humility and love, things will go well for you. If you submit to follow Christ as Lord by obeying His command to love, who is there that is left to harm you? Think of it this way. If you are a teacher and you have a student in class that is obedient and kind, they are not usually the ones that you are looking to punish. Generally speaking, the police do not go looking to punish those who are law-abiding citizens. Romans 13.3 puts it this way, For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Most bosses appreciate when they have employees who show up to work on time, they work as unto the Lord, and they show proper honor and respect to authority. Children, God says in His Word, Obey your parents that it might go well with you. For the most part, parents are not looking to punish their children. They want to give them good things. I know that you might not believe me when I tell you this, but they don't take pleasure in sending you to timeout or taking away your TV privileges. Parents want things to go well for you. And what the Lord Jesus has ordained is that Christians not pursue a path that is hostile to the world's authorities, but rather that is submissive, that is obedient. Holiness and zeal for good is marked by Christ-like love and obedience. And if you would zealously pursue a Christ-like life, who is there that will harm you for such love and humility? What do you have to fear for following Jesus Christ? For in His providence, the Lord has established His law as the path to blessing and life. And therefore, you need not fear man if you zealously pursue what is good. For in His wise providence, the Lord has ordained that the path of obedience would lead to life and to blessing. Now, I'm sure that you noticed in the previous point, I continued to use the phrase, in general, for the most part. For being zealous in your obedience to the Lord will generally lead to peace with the world. But not always. For in general, you need not fear flying, but there are never 100% guarantees. In general, you can trust the food that you get at a salad bar. For the most part, you don't need to fear driving on 501. However, there are times when things don't go as you might expect. And these situations are what Peter now turns his attention to. Look at verse 13, then into 14. See the flow of thought. He says, now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? Right? Generally speaking, if you pursue love and humility, who is going to harm you? But, even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them nor be troubled. For the most part, righteousness will lead to peace. Obedience will lead to blessing. However, there are times when following the command of the Lord will place you in opposition to the world. There are times when your obedience to Christ will supersede your obedience to governmental power or economic authority. There are times when following Christ will mean that you suffer for the sake of following Jesus Christ. You see, as Christians, we are called not to follow the powers of this world blindly, but to honor Christ as Lord. And that means that there are times when we will suffer for obeying Christ. But we need not fear the world. For the Word of God teaches us that Christ is Lord. And therefore, The full weight of the fury of God's enemy, Satan, working through the powers of this world, have not been fully poured out on the church. For Satan is on a chain and can only proceed as far as the sovereign Lord Jesus allows him to. And therefore, when Christians suffer, they need not fret or be afraid as though our gracious and loving Lord were not in control. For as Lord Jesus controls all, and He is directing all things for the good of His church. It is with this mind that we can face suffering without fear. It is with this mind that we can see that the suffering for the sake of righteousness actually places us in the category of those who are blessed. We can approach suffering with the mindset that Jesus Christ gives us in Matthew 5. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. We need not fear man. For the Lordship of Christ means that even persecution and suffering leads to our blessing and joy. Why? Because obedience to Christ in the face of hardship is precious in the eyes of the Lord. It reveals that we truly place our hope and trust in Him alone. So do not allow your fear to keep you from the call that the Lord has on your life. In general, this call to humility and love will lead to peace. But in those cases where it leads to opposition and hardship, fear not, for even in the midst of your righteous suffering, you will be blessed. For the Lordship of Christ means that we need not fear man, but rather we are to fear the Lord alone. In the past four verses in First Peter, Peter has quoted or alluded to two Old Testament texts. You can see in verses 10 and 12 of your Bible there that he has quoted Psalm 34. That's why it's bracketed that way. And then in verses 14 and 15, he has alluded to Isaiah chapter 8. If we go back to these texts, Peter's point becomes very clear. Just a few lines from Psalm 34. I sought the Lord, and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him and delivers them. O oh, fear the Lord, you His saints, for those who fear Him have no lack. Come, O oh children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 8, do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread, but the Lord of hosts, Him you shall honor as holy. Let Him be your fear, and let Him be your dread. You see, it is in this light that we are to understand verse 15. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy. The fear of the Lord means that your heart is given in honoring and recognizing that Christ the Lord is holy. It means you come to see that your eternal well-being is not controlled by the impersonal forces of nature or the hateful forces of man, but rather your well-being, your blessing is controlled by the personal and loving power of Jesus Christ. You see, the fear of roller coasters, or whatever it is you fear, makes you run away from those things. But the fear of the Lord makes us run to Him. It makes us run to Him and hold on to Him because we know that in Him is blessing and life and protection. We obey the commands of the Lord because He is our fear. We trust in His blessing in the midst of suffering because He is our dread. And we know that this may sound odd to our ears if it doesn't sit right with you when we say fear the Lord or dread the Lord. But fear and dread do not negate love and security. They do not negate peace and blessing. It is right for us to fear the Lord because it is in Him that we live and move and have our being. We are His creation, and He has a right to do with us whatever He pleases to do, and the Word of God teaches us that He pleases to bless us in Christ. And the consequences of His actions are not merely temporal, they are eternal. Is this not what the Lord Jesus taught in Matthew 10 when He said, Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear Him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. How do we leave aside the fear of man? We fear the Lord alone, for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and life. On the day of Pentecost, we commemorate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the church, fifty days following the resurrection of Jesus Christ. As you recall, the apostles were gathered together praying when the Holy Spirit descended upon them, and in boldness they went forth and proclaimed the gospel. And of all Peter, of all people rather, it was Peter who took the lead and fearlessly preached the good news. You see, 53 days earlier, Peter's heart had melted out of fear of man. 53 days earlier, he slunk around the courtyard where Jesus was being tried. And a young maid servant identified him by his accent as a Galilean as somebody who was following Christ. And out of fear of this young girl, he denied Jesus Christ. He even invoked a curse upon himself and said, I do not know this man. But something happened in those 53 days that transformed this man's fear into boldness. In those 53 days, He saw displayed before Him the Gospel. He saw in those days the death of Christ to free Him from the fear of guilt. He saw the resurrection of Christ to free Him from the fear of death. He saw the ascension of Christ to free Him from the fear of man. And on the day of Pentecost, He was given the boldness of the Holy Spirit to fear God alone. For to be freed from the fear of man, you must trust in the Gospel of Christ. To fear the Lord properly, you must fear Him as the One who loves you. As the One who died to free you from the fear of judgment. The One who rose to defeat the fear of death. And the One who now sits at the right hand of the Father, reigning over all creation for the good and blessing of His people. To be free from the fear of man, You must learn the fear of the sovereign, loving, forgiving Lord Jesus Christ. And in your heart, honor Him as holy. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we know in our minds that our fear is unfounded and that it causes us to walk in ways that we should not. It causes us to break Your law. It causes us to obey man rather than God. We pray, O Lord, that on this Pentecost Sunday, That You would send the refreshing and emboldening power of Your Spirit into the lives of Your people. That You would fill the church with boldness. That we might go forth, not in the power and the wisdom of man, but in the power and the wisdom and a demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Father, we pray, O God, that You would send us forth from this place, proclaiming the truth of Your Gospel. And that we would never again fear man, but that we would fear You alone. We pray this in Christ's holy name, who lived and died and rose and now reigns with You. Amen.